Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Just go ahead and give a content warning. We are talking about race and racial trauma and Black history. And if you know anything about the U.S., we don't have a great history on teaching Black history. So if you are tired of that and you've already been traumatized enough, you Mm. might want to skip this episode. Okay, Annie, let's start this with a question because you know I love it. So this is Black History Month for us in the U.S. And honestly, the United States is up in conversation and controversy with uh, so much talk about race and curriculums and what's being taught in schools, which made me think about how you and I are both from small town, North Georgia. We got our education and mine was probably way smaller than yours, but you know, small town, North Georgia, fairly racist, Mm -hmm. fairly white area. Do Mm -hmm. you remember what you were taught when it comes to black history? I do. I was fortunate in terms of that, that I, Dahlonega, where I grew up, is a small town, but it's also, it's very conservative, but it has a college in it that's somewhat, there was liberal, there was liberal, more liberal people than perhaps other conservative towns, even if they were the minority. That's not to say that liberal people cannot make mistakes when it comes to race, because they absolutely can. The school I went to, I would say we learned about race and racism in high school. I can't remember before that. But I also think that it was for sure cushioned in a way to make it palatable to white people. Like it was, Mm -hmm. we learned about it, but it was still very like almost kind of clinically separated. And then when it wasn't, it was like, but there were good white people too. But you know what right. I mean? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I love how that always comes through. Mm-hmm. What's so funny is I, I had a roommate that lived near you. I think they were, you were Dahlonega? Yes. Mm-hmm. And they were Dawsonville. Oh, but, you know, Dawsonville! <laughs> were they rivals or something? Yes, they were <laughs> Okay. Rivals. I, I assume. Uh-huh. Um, so my friend from Dawsonville, she and I were roommates. And this is way after college for me. This was like uh, probably at most five, six, seven years ago. So not too long ago. We were talking about racism for, I don't even know why, white girl, Asian person, and another white girl. We're all sitting talking. And she said something about slavery. And her first conversation was, I mean, can they really complain? And she said they. Oh. Didn't they sell themselves? Like they, Like other black people sold black people. And oh. I, I, like the two of us sat and looked at her. Her face turned red because I think our faces turned red too before her. So she knew she made a big mistake. This mm-hmm. is in Atlanta. And this is where she would have called herself liberal. People around her would call herself liberal. But we know how this goes. Mm-hmm. And we had to be like, what the f***? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then have a long conversation of like, this is a very bad conversation. This is what white conservatives would say. Racist ass would say this as a reason as well. And here's why this is completely wrong. Mm-hmm. ABC. So I just find that funny because I'm like, y'all are near each other. Duh, and I think you're the same, around the same age. So what one person was taught versus what another person was taught in the same mm-hmm. age range. I grew up also with no black people in our school, period. No black people. I wow. was one of two Asian people. We were the minority. And then we had a small group of Latinx students who were there, but also felt ostracized and would often just 
stay in their peer group, which makes me sad in all of this. And I was so diehard in making sure white people were comfortable that I was uncomfortable hanging out with another Asian person. So we didn't really hang out, Mm -hmm. which I feel like I missed out on so much because of that. But however, and I remember going into high school and me thinking I'm progressive and empathetic and trying to get into what was happening. And we were talking about the Civil War. And of course, we were taught about the Civil War. We were taught about Martin Luther King. But I can't even tell you too many stories. We were taught about him doing nonviolent protests and why that was important. So the general idea of racial equality was accepted. The general, you know what I say, the the Mm -hmm. palatable, as you had said, uh, version of it of like, yeah, of course, everybody's created equal. We just need to not, we don't need to, we don't see color, which is exactly what we were told. Uh, It was in the middle of the whole melting pot BS and acclimating Mm -hmm. BS. And during that time, the history teacher, whom I loved, he was one of my favorite teachers, really thought he was great and didn't realize until later how bad this was, was the first person to make this statement about the Civil War, how it was not about slavery but about state rights. Yep. Ah! Yep. <laughs> so, and I moved on with that, not thinking anything about it. Obviously, it made enough impact in my head to be like, this sounds weird, but mm-hmm. okay, I'll go with it. Sure, why not? And believing things like Gone with the Wind, which I loved as a sixth grader because of the romanticization of slavery, which is awful, awful, mm-hmm. awful, awful, yep. awful, that I, I'm like, wow. Wow, my school was super racist. Like, of course I know that now. Of course I kind of got that then. Because again, when I see it, how I was treated and what roles I got to play in plays, uh, mm-hmm. I was always a minority character. And and don't, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want to go too deep into it. And they were all super racist and mm-hmm. being, you know, made fun of, being called Chinese, being called a chink. Uh, being called uh, all these things growing up and accepting it because I was told they just were jealous of me. Again, very white glossing over of how much hate there really is when it comes to different races. All of that to say is we really are in dire need of good racial theory and conversations. And we're not the only ones. We're not the only ones. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is we're highlighting uh, a woman today who not only was so tired of the fact that Black history is so often downplayed and controlled by voices who are not from the Black community, which is exactly what I saw in my school, Mm -hmm. the narrative being perpetuated by white people to make themselves look better, and that she created a curriculum and a whole social enterprise to get better access and material for Black history in the UK. And we are talking about Lavinia Stennett, who created the Black curriculum in 2019. And BT Dubs, uh, she is from the UK. I know if you're a UK listener, you already know, while we have Black History Month in February, Black History Month in uh, the UK is in October. So just wanted to go ahead and throw all that out there. So, Stinnett is an activist and entrepreneur who has been active and working in the Black Lives Movement in the UK um, and talks about the lack of Black history being taught within the schools and recognizes the importance of trying to bring a new way of teaching history. 
The organization offers different services to schools and companies that help with curriculums designed to teach art-based, quote, Black British history workshops that include politics and the legal system, land and the environment, art history, and migration. They also have services to help teach educators as well as consultation for curriculums within schools that can help with auditing and help add Black history within already existing training and curriculums. Right. And she does this on a positive conversation, and I think this is such a big point to uh, the curriculums that we've talked about, that we do see this horrible, tragic, and it is, it's awful, 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 but for her, as she speaks on it, and I know a lot of uh, the Black community, Black educators, seeing the joy in Black history is yeah. missing as well. And that's mm-hmm. what she wanted to do. It's like, yeah, she knows all the horror stories. She mm-hmm. lives with some of the racism and some of that horror stories. They wanted to talk about also the joy and the triumphs of it all as well. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's one of the big points she talks about in creating this movement through art and all of that. And Stennett talked about her own education and how she realized that it was lacking in regards to Black history. But her family taught her to be proud of her Jamaican heritage and who she was. And she states in a BuzzFeed interview, quote, I was taught to be proud of my hair. I never had my hair permed or texturized. The message was always to be really confident in your skin and yourself. And I think that empowerment was translated through the kind of cultural schooling I had. Things like racism and standing up for yourself, I had those conversations with my parents. And as to what made her go into a big enterprise like this, she credits her time in New Zealand when she was in her last year of African and Development Studies at the University of London's School of Oriental and African Studies, or the SOAS. She was there for three months to study the national dance, Kapahaka, and she said of her studies, quote, I was surrounded by a culture that has faced oppression and pulled themselves out of that oppression. There are so many parallels between where we are in the UK, my own upbringing, and me not being taught my own history. And in another interview, she says, in learning Maori culture, it dawned upon me that there was a lack of education more widely around the impacts of colonialism, but more specifically, a lack of narratives that showcase the reclamation of our culture and the history. Um, that cinema is so beautiful. And mm-hmm. we need that here too. Yeah. And she talks about the overall importance of learning one's own roots and understanding individual backgrounds. In another interview she did in Bustle, she says about the vision of the Black curriculum, our vision is to encourage a sense of identity and improve social cohesion. The reason I started this wasn't specifically to change the national curriculum and influence just one cohort of students. It's for everyone and always has been. It's British history and as long as Black students are learning in this education education system, they have to understand fully how this society works and functions. I believe believe if we get it right from the beginning, we will have a much fairer society. There'd be more empathy, more understanding, and more room for learning about each other as people. That's the key. We're in the same country and have the same history, and we are equal. And according to the site, theblackcurriculum.com, their aim is, quote, to prepare students to become fully rounded citizens ready for an increasingly globalized world. Our curriculum is grounded in the arts for young people to engage with history imaginatively, encouraging student satisfaction and critical thinking skills. Through our holistic approach, we aim to remedy a wider systemic issue. And Stennett has pushed and has done so much work to make it easier for educators to use these forums. They were denied by the UK government in their request for the mandatory inclusion of Black histories in schools, but they are still continuing their mission, including a book written by Stennett called Omitted, The Untold Black History Lessons We Need to Change the Future, which is set to publish in 2023. Another for a book. 
list. Yes. So many books. So many books. And here's a, a little bit about the book on Amazon.com if you want to go look. Inspired by Lavinia Stendhal's work with a Black curriculum, this book explores these important questions by providing the reader with a series of accessible social lessons designed to go beyond the page and provide us with the tools to implement this into our everyday lives. Lavinia will dive into popular misconceptions about Black history to debunking persistent archaic yet still ever-present and damaging myths to understanding why education still hasn't changed even in schools now. And what motivates her to keep fighting? She says, quote, I have an internal fire because of some of the experiences I went through. I always knew there's so much more that could be done. I myself was excluded from school, so I know what education can look like for people who weren't encouraged or supported within the system. So I get it. You know, and that does say a lot. She is right on that it excludes so much. I didn't know anything about the internment camps. I knew nothing about the Chinese immigration laws that happened way back when, uh, exclusionary laws uh, way back when. And they probably don't want me to know it because they want me to feel welcome, even though I was, again, called names and made fun of for being Asian in -hmm. general. I also, yeah, like when we talk about people not knowing about Black Wall Street and the massacre uh, that happened there or Tuskegee and the many experiments that happened there until after they left college even, not until they watched TV and having to really seek out this information. Like that is just a tragedy in itself. You know, we have a deep, dark history of lynchings that happened in our state alone, in Georgia, Mm -hmm. some of the highest numbers, and trying to learn about my area and how disgusting and gross and how what kind of narrative it played and them trying to ignore it. But that's that really there's this whole conversation about why critical race theory is so important. And honestly, I don't even know much about it. I won't lie. Like coming mm-hmm. in, I understand. I mean, we know it's not taught in school, so I don't know how they're banning something before it's even taught because we right. weren't taught any of these things. Uh, you have to seek it out in college even, yeah. you know, trying to figure out what this is. As a social worker, I knew I knew more, but still not as much as I should have yeah. for the uh, population that we have and the communities that we have. And I think this is important. She also talks later into a different interview about how Black women are really carrying the load and are tired. And we've talked about this previously. Absolutely. Yep. I cannot imagine the level of constant fighting and her having to be like, I'm tired of this about not this. So I'm going to create a whole new enterprise, a whole new organization to try to get conversations happening and then being shut down. In 2021, 2022, we're being shut down because they don't want to t- think about the bad things like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is incredibly frustrating. I think this work that Lavinia is doing is so, so important because it does matter what you learn when you're a kid in school. And as you said, I think that's a huge, unfortunate problem where like sometimes you might not even know the questions to ask or what to seek right. out. And that's why I think support systems and and people doing these kinds of projects are so important until we can make systemic change because we need that information and I it's vital. So it's frustrating that it falls once again, in this case, to Black women to be like, no, read this. Right. <laughs> it's important. Right. But I think it's on all of us to try to expand our horizons and and get this history right. because it has been so erased and so yeah. whitewashed and 
we we need to start combating that seriously. Right. And just just to go ahead and put it out there, it's done. The work is done for you. All you have to do is look for it. Yep. And I know sometimes you have to ask questions, but you have to start looking. Start from mm-hmm. the beginning. Let's not tax black women nope. to add more work <laughs> to them because it's already there. They've probably already done it. Mm-hmm. Just go ahead and keep looking. And then mm-hmm. after that, have a discussion and thorough, thorough research. And here we go again. Not only do we have Lavinia doing this work, but she wrote a book on yeah. things that you might have missed and it's coming out. So we should go ahead and all pre-order this book today. I'm excited. I'm ex- I love <laughs> I love how many of the women we talk about on this. I'm like, ooh, I've got to read this book. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that. Very excited to read it. Please go check out Lavinia's work, listeners. In the meantime, if you have any suggestions for people we should spotlight in this segment or any other suggestions, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I've never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Oh, I bet she's got a book. You got a book, Christina? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've never told you is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.